Great joy. Anybody have joy? Come on, somebody. That's it. We're happy. We're blessed. That's right. And uh, I'm excited to continue talking about how we can have great joy in this season, even in the midst of all that's going on and all that's happening in our world. But we are one church that meets in three locations. We meet online in Fullerton and also Costa Mesa. And right now we are live at our Costa Mesa campus. Would you give God a hand clap as we welcome our Costa Mesa campus? What's up, Costa Mesa? Good to have you with us. Good to be live and thank God for technology that we can be in all over the place at the same time and we can be live together with one another to jump into God's word. But I want to talk today about great joy and at the end of the service, we're going to have an opportunity as well to be joy givers as we're going to give as well to be able to bless so many families as we already have, but to be those people that are bringing joy to others during this Christmas season. But go with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to go verse 8 through 14, and we're going to read the first Christmas story where the angels declared about great joy. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14, and when you're there, say, I'm there. And if you're getting there, say, I'm on my way. Come on, somebody, on my way here. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14, and I want to show you here how the Bible says that Christmas was about bringing great joy. The scripture says in verse 8, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Watch verse 9, it says, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were what? Terrified. Watch verse 10, it says, But the angel said to them, What did the angel say to them? Let's all say it together. Count three, one, two, three. It says, Do not what? Be afraid. I bring you good news that will do what? It will cause what type of joy? Great joy, the Bible says, for all of the people. And I feel this is so relevant for what we are at right now as a society and as a place because there's a lot of fear going propagating right now, a lot of fear in our world, but we're not people of fear, we're people of faith. We're people that know, listen, yeah, there might be things going on around there. Yeah, there might be this and that. And listen, I'm not telling you to be unwise, but I'm telling you this. We're not going to live in a spirit of fear. We're going to live in a spirit of faith that the blood of Jesus covers us. And how many know that more are those that are for us than those that are against us? Can I get an amen? And Christmas is that promise. Verse 11 says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, um, cloths and lying in a manger. Then suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. I want to talk to you today. Today's my, tell my message today is an acronym, but let me break it down in a moment. But the acronym is P-I-E. Anybody like P-I-E? Come on, somebody. Pie. I'm going to talk to you about biblical keys to living with great joy. You're going, to, you're going to like this. Not because you like pie, but I think you're going to like this because I'm going to break down this acronym. I don't really do a lot of like acronyms and stuff like that. So this is a very rare occasion where I'm doing an acronym. And I'm, I'm going to talk about pie. And I hope that you look at pie differently to help you bring joy into your life. But I want to talk about biblical keys to living a, with great joy, especially during Christmas, okay? Bow your head and let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you for your word. Speak to us today. God, we trust in you. In, the time, in a time where the world, Father, is, seems in turmoil, where fear seems to be propagated, Lord, we put our trust in you. 
We are not going to be driven by fear, but we're going to be living by faith. We pray that your spirit would be with us, be among us, Lord, strengthen us, and we put our trust in you, especially during this Christmas season. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Come on, give God a clap. You may be seated. Come on. And COVID won't come to your house either. Come on, somebody. Amen. All right. (laughs) That's right. Everybody get a sniffle. You get worried. They're going to be worried. Come on now. God is good. I want to talk to you today about living with great joy. I want to talk to you about living with great joy. Now, we're going to be talking about this all day Sunday, but we're also going to um, talk about this as we go into our Christmas services next week, and we finish the year strong, and we set up for a fantastic 2021, because I feel that it's so valuable to us to really capture the joy of the Lord. It's very important that, especially right now during this season, that we capture in our hearts a cognitive decision to say, God, I'm going to choose to live with joy. Now, it's God's will, and I'm going to break this down as I get deeper into the message. It is God's will and God's desire for us to produce joy out of our lives. The Bible actually says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, but it is a fruit of the spirit that we produce is to have joy. But joy, what I've come to find is that joy isn't really an emotion more than than it is a decision. It's a decision to live in joy. And I'm going to break this down today, and I really pray that that, that we capture this because um, I really believe, like I said, it's God's will and God's desire for us to live in this type of posture uh, unto him. Because when it comes to joy, it's a decision. Say this when we say joy is a decision. It's a decision more than it's an emotion. Now, when it comes to making decisions in life, um, it it can be difficult, okay? Decisions can be sometimes difficult to be like, man, certain decisions to make, certain, you know, anybody facing a lot of decisions in your life, how many know that's when you need wisdom, right? You're like, Lord, help me make this decision. Which direction should I go? But I believe one of the, one of the, one of the most uh, keen decisions that we will need God's help is what do we do and how do we respond to things we cannot control? Stay with me. It's one thing to make a decision about things that you can control or things you can influence, but I think some of the most difficult decisions in life is how do I respond to things I can't control? Okay, stay with me here. Because you're like, I didn't do that. It's being done to me. I, I didn't, you know, I, did, I wasn't the one who, you know, uh, you know, decided this. It's just now affecting me. And I want to make a decision to respond. The decisions to respond sometimes are the most difficult ones because we have to make a decision to respond. And they're difficult because life has battles. Somebody say amen. (laughs) Anybody going through battles? Come on, somebody. I said anybody going through battles. Come on now. Anybody going through storms and trials? Let's go. Come on. If that's you, just raise your hand. Come on, somebody. If I go on the Weather Channel and I, and I look it up, I'm going to see a picture of your face because they're like, they've been going through so much storms. They named a hurricane after you. Talk to me. Where are you at? Come on, somebody. All right. All right. We go through battles, all right? We all go through battles. But how we respond, listen to me now, determines if I'm going to live in the joy of the Lord or if I'm going to live in sorrow. Life has battles. 
Maybe you've gone through some family issues. Maybe you're going through some health issues. Maybe you have a loss of a loved one. Maybe you suffered an injury. You went through, a, maybe you got in a car accident. Uh, maybe you got a, a report from the doctor. You got COVID and you're, you're worried. You're like, oh my goodness, you know, what's going to happen? Come on, you're going to be all right. God is with you. Jesus is going to heal you. Let me get a good amen. Come on, somebody, all right? Maybe you're just, maybe you lost a job. Maybe your business got shut down. I'm going to say God is still your provider. Come on, the government is your provider. God is your provider and God's going to make a way. Let me get a good amen. Come on, somebody, right? Maybe you're sick of being single. Maybe you're sick of being married. Just kidding. We'll pray for you. But someone say God's with me. Okay. And the point is we need to make a decision. Watch me now to say, I am going to respond with joy. Someone say respond with joy. When I think about joy, I think about a very popular scripture that perhaps you've heard, but I want to bring it into focus here. Nehemiah chapter eight and verse number 10. Nehemiah is is known for rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem when the enemy had burned down the walls. And this is a metaphor about how God can use you and I to rebuild things that the enemy has burned down in our lives. Walls are very important, especially during this time, because walls determine protection. And it would kind of be like, imagine if your house where you live, if your walls are broken down, you would be worried someone was going to come in and steal your TV or your PS4 or your PS5 or steal certain, right? You'd want those walls. So, so Nehemiah rebuilds these walls, and when they rebuild them, here's what Nehemiah says, and I want to extract a very powerful statement here that I pray you grab during this Christmas season And then I'm going to preach it until somebody gets it. And my goal today is to have you skipping out of this church filled with so much joy that you don't need to have Disneyland open to have the joy of the Lord in your heart because you know God is with you. Can I get a big amen? All right. Verse 10 says that Nehemiah continued. He said, go and celebrate with the feast of rich foods and and barbecue and come on somebody and carnesada and sweet drinks and martinalis and and share gifts of food and tamales and it's not what it's it's like, tamales? What's your version of history? I'm just adding it. It says good food with people who have nothing prepared. He says, this is a sacred day before the Lord. Now watch this last sentence. He says, don't be dejected and sad. Let's all read this together in the count of three. One, two, and three for the... Come on, all together, one more time. Come on, here we go. Ready? One, two, and three, four. The of the what? The Lord is what? Is your strength. Say this when they say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Say it again. Say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Tell the person you came with, say, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So Nehemiah, watch me now. He captures a an insight, and he says, if you're going to have strength, let's read this backwards. If you're going to have strength, then you're going to have to find joy in the Lord. In other words, to capture strength, I have to capture joy. And oftentimes, when we think about strength, stay with me, we think about like, like, like and I love preaching about strength and power and, and man, let's, let's get this. And we don't really associate like joy being something strong. But the truth is, biblically speaking, the Bible says is that if I'm going to capture strength in my life, I've got to learn to capture a spirit of joy. Because it's going to be real hard, listen to me now, to sorrow your way to strength. Like I have never, 
I have never, and if you have, uh, come to me after the service, I have never said, I'm going to have a bad day today, and by the end of the day, I'm going to feel great. It is impossible to sorrow your way to strength. In other words, I've got to learn to have joy in order for me to step into what strength God has for my life. Now, when the Bible says the joy of the Lord, I want you to, I want you to stay with me here because the Bible's not talking about hype, okay? It's not talking about like, yeah, 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 go, yeah. You know, I, I'm not talking about, you know, you need a hype man to walk around with you everywhere you go. You got this. You know, Ramses is number one. Your arms are number one. Your face is number one. Okay, that's not what he's talking about, okay? He's not talking about hype. When the Bible talks about joy, the Bible's talking about a joy that the scripture says is like medicine to your soul. The Bible's talking about joy that is unshakable. Joy that in the face of fear laughs because they know God is with them. When the Bible talks about joy, joy. It's talking about saying, God, I know that I may, I know things may not be good, but God is good. And if God is good, it's all going to be good. Can I get an amen? This is what the Bible talks about when it talks about joy. Now I want to, to, to really distinguish, you know, what joy is versus what happiness is. Now, when the Bible said the word joy, the word joy in, in the Bible, in the Greek, um, it actually means kara, which means joy received. Now, joy and happiness are two different things, okay? Say they're two different things. And I want to break these down a little bit because I think sometimes we misinterpret, you know, happiness with biblical joy. And we think, well, how can I be happy right now, pastor, with all that's going on? But the Bible didn't say the happiness of the Lord is your strength. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, happiness, stay with me here, something has to happen in order for you to get happy. That's what, hap- that's what happiness is. It's, it's, happiness is tied to an event. So it's kind of like when you buy your kids a happy meal, they better get happy. <laughs> because um, it's, a, it's like something just happened. And, um, you know, you're not going to be happy about the carbs if you're eating happy meals. But, but anyway, you know, just happy, right? But joy is it doesn't matter what's happened. I have joy regardless of what happens because God is with me. Happiness is an external event. Joy is an internal event. So happiness means something externally is going on, which is trying to bring me joy internally. But joy is I have internal joy, so it doesn't matter what's going on externally. So for example, externally, I'm not picking on Disneyland. I like Disneyland. It's going to open up hopefully soon and take our, my kids and all that stuff. But, but, you know, they call Disneyland the happiest place on earth. Actually, it's the second happiest place on earth. Ask me what's the first place. Freedom House Church. Come on, somebody. That's right. Let's go. Okay. I got four claps. No. Okay. All right. Amen. Right. So, you know, happiest place on earth, right? They call it because, you know, you walk down Main Street and, and like, oh, I'm the happiest place on earth and the music. And, and then you buy a $20 churro and you're not happy no more. But <laughs> thank God I am anyway. I like, praise God. But, you know, but, you know, you walk in there and, and, and then, then your kids start crying. You're like, you're, you seriously, you're going to cry after I paid how much money for this Disneyland ticket? You ain't going to cry. You're going to be happy. Anyway, so, but, you know, what I'm making is, is, is you know, it, it, they go and they, it's the happiest place because it's a place. Biblically, we say, God, I don't need to have 
Disneyland and all my life, you don't need to play for me to be happy. Because happiness is not an external event. Joy is an internal event. That it doesn't matter what kind of music is playing. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. What matters is God is for me and God is with me and I have joy. Come on, somebody. Unexplainable joy because God is inside of me. This is why you can have cancer and still be singing. This is why you can have COVID and still be worshiping at home. No, I'm going to die. No, you're not. Come on, somebody. God is with you. You're going to be healed. You're not going to live in fear. And you're going to walk out out of that place stronger and better. And you're going to come out with a testimony of God's healing power. Somebody shout amen. I got to preach that, man. You know, people get a sniffle. It's over. You're going to be all right. Come on, say you're going to be all right. Now, I'm not picking on nobody. Please, you take whatever precautions you need to be to be safe. But we got, we got to dispel this fear that's trying to come over people. We got to dispel this fear where, where you know, you, sneeze, you can't even sneeze in public anymore. Hachu. People are like, it's like, whoa, 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 chill. Just got a sinus. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, come on, somebody. Someone say, I got joy. Happiness is an outward smile. Joy is an inward smile. You know, because you can, like when the Bible says to have joy, it doesn't mean you have to walk around like this. I'm fantastic. Why? That's great. It doesn't mean to do that. That's kind of weird, actually. You know, are you all right, man? You know, but joy is an inward smile. Joy is a contentment. It's, it's watch this. It's like this. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. God's with me. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Now, I'm not trying to die, but you know what I'm saying, okay? It's, it's I'm good. I, I, I'm not going to live every day waiting for the, the terrible thing to happen. I'm going to live every day with expectation that more angels are with me than are against me. I'm going to live with an expectation that God orders my steps. And no matter what I step into, God steps in with me. And even when I'm in the fire, he's going to protect me and he's going to see me through. Come on, somebody. Ah, come on, somebody. Say amen. It's a contentment. Happiness is momentarily. You're happy for a moment, but joy is eternal. It's eternity. Happy is me saying, God, I'm sorry, joy is me saying, God, I'm joyful in you because I know that you are good. Some will say pie. Let me see the pie. Let me see the pie. Let me make everybody happy right now. Thank you. Anybody like apple pie? Hot you. No, I'm just joking. Anybody want pie now? Nobody wants pie. No Remember when we used to eat a cake when people blew on it? We were crazy, huh? Man, then were them days. We were crazy. We'd all say, give me a piece. We were living on the edge in those days. <laughs> Y'all are tripping me out, man. Listen, I'm not, listen, please, don't, 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 don't even email me. Matter of fact, email Pastor Louie at thefreemails.org, okay? Be safe, do, wash your hands, do all that stuff. But don't live in fear, man. Come on, somebody, say amen, all right? pie. I thought I'd do this analogy because maybe it'll stick with, stick with us. But we all love pie. I love pie, right? Don't love the carbs, but I love pie. But 
I often use this analogy, and I call it pie, to help us remember. Now, I'm going to give you three points so that you can learn to enjoy or to have the joy of the Lord in, those, in your life. Point number one, write this down, pie. How do you have joy? You need to have a person I enjoy. See, pie, P-I-E, person I enjoy. The joy of the Lord is the key to strength. So how are you going to learn to have joy? In your life, you've got to have pie, a person I enjoy. Now, I'm not talking about a human. I'm talking about God. God is your spiritual pie, so to speak. He's the one where I'm going to have this pie right here. Y'all can even listen to my sermon while I preach with this pie right here. But pie person I enjoy is every day I've got to have my pie, the person I enjoy, which is God Almighty. In Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10, the Bible says, don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord. He's my pie. He's the person I find my joy. He's the person I enjoy. The Lord is my strength. And what I'm trying to tell you that in this season, you've got to learn to find your pie, so to speak, in God. You can't find it anywhere else. That if you try to find joy in something else, it's going to disappoint you every single time. I got to find, because the Bible says the joy of the what? Lord is what? So let's break it down. Let's exegete it. The Bible didn't say joy is your strength. And a lot of times people misquote this verse and they say, hey, joy is your strength. That's not biblical. The Bible didn't say joy is your strength. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Ah. So we try to say, hey, you got to be happy, man. You got to be happy. You got to smile. Put a smile on your face, man. Pick your head up. And that all sounds cool and great, but no matter how much you try to pick your own head up, you can't do it in your own human power. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. And there's a lot of people that are searching for joy, but actually end up more in sin, more away from God than with God. Because the devil can give you pleasure, but only God can give you joy. Talk to me, somebody, okay? The Bible says the joy of the Lord. So if I'm going to live in joy, I have to go, God, I need to find my joy in you. Because you can try to search to have a good time, but having a good time outside of God, it might be good for a little bit. The Bible says that, the way, that, that, that you know, uh, there is a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. Yeah, sin is fun for a little bit, but sin always brings a price tag. It says the wages of sin is death, meaning that sin is always going to come to pay up the piper. In other words, I've got to say, God, I have to find my joy in you, not just have joy in a good time, not a fun and shit. I just want to have a good time. I'm going through a lot. I just want to have a good time. No, that's going to end you in regret. It's going to end you in addiction. It's going to end you tearing your family apart. It's going to end you. And what was I thinking? I got to say, no, God, I want to find joy and integrity, joy in honoring God, joy in living holy. I want to have purity and power. I wish I had a few amens. I want to find joy and fulfillment. Can I get a good amen? Someone say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. See, you can try to find joy outside of God, but it always leads to more sorrow. Listen to me now or listen to me later. Amen. Can I get a good amen? You see, joy is in Jesus. The joy that God has for us, we need to have it in God. Now, what the devil does, watch me now. Is the, Satan knows he can't steal your strength, so Satan tries to steal your joy to steal your strength. That is why 
You don't, okay, let me break it down like this. Say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So, so that's why Satan tries to steal your joy of the Lord. Can I even say it like this? That's why the devil tries to make church boring for you. Oh. Because he knows if I could make the Lord boring and the world fun, then they'll never find true joy. So let's make church all about, don't smile. Look straight. Don't have no fun. Don't have no friends. What's wrong with you laughing in church? Why is he making people laugh in church? He is so uncanny. He's just not organized. Like, and so the devil make, tries to make church no fun. He tries, and that's why when you come to church, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. If you're not having fun, you're doing church wrong. You, you, the joy of the Lord is, let me tell you something. There is no way I'm going to let someone have more fun in sin than I'm going to have being saved. I, Oh, talk to me. Yeah, it's like I did it on the microphone. It's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like, talk to me. There's no way I'm going to let somebody have more fun serving the devil than I'm going to have serving God. Talk to me, somebody. I'm going to celebrate the goodness of God in the land of the living because God is with me. And I'm, come on, I came running when they said unto me, let me go into the house of the Lord. Serving God is good. Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody. All right. So, so, so we're going to have a good time serving God. Say amen. So, so we need to make sure that we do that because he, here, here's, what, here's what Satan does to so many people. Stay with me here because we're joy bringers, all right? Is a Christian with no joy is a Christian that has been robbed of strength. You ever met a person that has an eternal bad day? Don't point. Okay. <laughs> Everything's just a bad day. Everything. Is, somehow they spin it to negative, you know, it's like, hey, congratulations, new car, got a higher payment though, man, you know, it's, it's terrible, man, it's like, well, all right, sorry, you know, it's like, hey, congratulations on the promotion, yeah, but I got so many employees I got to watch after now, they're a bunch of headaches, you know, it's like, well, all right, hey, congratulations on, on the bigger house, yeah, I got to clean more now, now. okay, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, we, we got to find a way to celebrate the goodness of God, can I get an Amen. I've always said this, and it bears repentance, but I think that the, the, the worst witness for Christ is a grumpy Christian. Like, real talk. I think that's the worst witness for Christ, is a grumpy Christian. Like, you know, like, hey, how you doing? I don't know, man, my back, I don't know, 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 and that's how they sound, too. You know, and then over there, you know, my dumb back, you know, my back, man, and my knees, you know, everything's going on, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah man, you know, all oh, the kids, you know, just, 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 I'm not gonna, they're demon possessed. I don't even know. Ah, you know what I mean? And neighbors, and, you know, the school team, and the schools, and that. You want to come to my church? Nah, bro, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? Like, if they're all like you, you know what I mean? It's good. It's all good. You know? It's like, what are we doing? <laughs> Be with us. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord on Saturdays. <laughs> when? Always. 
That means Monday. That means Tuesday. That means Wednesday. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then Paul was like, in case you didn't hear me the first time, again, I will say, what does he say? Rejoice. In other words, he says, you've got to learn to have joy in your life and to rejoice is a choice. How do you have joy in your life? There's a different ways, to, to very practical ways, but one of the ways is to have the right people in your life. And I'm just going to say this briefly, but you've got to be careful of people who drain your joy. Okay. So, so, so if you're going to have joy, the joy of the Lord, you've got to be careful of people that drain your joy. They're, they're called, you know, uh, vampiros, vampires, chupacabras. Y'all know who they are. They just drain your joy. That's like, you feel it. Just exiting, right? Some people will drain your joy, but, but you really got to know which people. Now, I'm not telling you to be like, oh, there's my joy drainer. Get away from me. You know what I mean? But, but, but you got to know like, like when to end the conversation. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, then they want to tell you, and then fíjate lo que pasó, then fíjate, and watch what happened. Then what happened was, and then you're like, okay, praise God, all the cheese, man. Anyway, you know, we got to go forward. And I, I threw this in a, a while back, but, 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 but you know, also you want to increase joy in your life? You got to listen to the right music. I'm serious. Some of y'all, you know, when you put on a certain song, <laughs> you know, Lord Jesus, oh man, it didn't work out. You know, you know, and you start crying because it's the right, you know, it's, it's like, sad girl. You know what I mean? Like, like some of y'all don't even know that song. It's okay. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's too old school for you. But it's like, it's called Sad Girl. You know what I mean? Like, like what you think you're going to feel after you hear that? You got to put some praise on. You got to put, put, put on celebrate good time. I don't know, man. But get some joy of God in your life. Can I get an amen? You know, if you're going to have joy, you, you got to live legacy-minded. Okay? And listen to me. If you're going to have joy, you got to live Legacy. What does that mean? This is a word that maybe you were, that was never taught to you. Because most people, they don't plan for the future. They just plan for the weekend. Hmm. Legacy says, what do I want to be remembered for? Do I want to be, be remembered as the grumpy dad? Do I want to be remembered as, as the, 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 the always negative Nancy, if your name's Nancy, I'm not picking on you, but the, it might, hey, I gotta be careful because I say, oh my goodness, what, how do you know? I just said it. <laughs> you know, do I wanna be remembered as, as, as the one that was always angry? Do I, do I, wanna, be, do I wanna be remembered as the one that, that, that would, people would smile when I would leave? Or that people smile when I arrive? Because I bring the joy of the Lord. I lift up the room. I don't push down the room. That I believe in other people. That I inspire people. That I, that I, I want to be remembered as, as bringing joy to other families. To, to encourage people with, God, with God's word. To, to, to pray for people. To, to say, man, every time I, I spoke to you, you always gave me wisdom. You, you didn't give me your, your opinion. You just gave me wisdom. Even though you knew it didn't make me feel a certain way. But you knew what I needed to hear. It's legacy-minded. It's thinking beyond the moment and into what we'll be remembered for. Can I get a good amen? I love how Psalm 30 verse 5 says, For anger lasts only for a moment, but the favor lasts for a lifetime. Weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalm 106 in verse 5 says, Those who sow in tears, they shall what? Reap in 
joy. I love what Psalm 51 and verse 12 says. I think this is a great scripture for many believers, especially in this season and during these times right now. The Bible says, restore to me, watch this now, the joy of what? Your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. I love that the Bible says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Listen to me now, because this is so important, is maybe you need to ask God to restore the joy of your salvation. Has church gotten like, the things of God gotten monotonous? Restore to me the joy of my salvation. God, let me get excited again about worshiping. Let me get excited again about going to the house of God. Let me get excited again, joyful about reading your word. God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Because some of you, you knew where you were when God first saved you. I mean, when God first saved you, right, your first love. I mean, you couldn't wait. I mean, you were just like, man, reading your word and, and God was speaking to you and, and then you went, then you, then you got going through some stuff and, and maybe you, you've gotten separated from that joy of your salvation. David says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Now, Psalm 51 was written after David had fallen into sin with, with Bathsheba. But he's like, God, restore to me the joy. In other words, I wanna get back to that place, God, where I felt butterflies when I would get into your presence. I want to get back into that place, Lord, where I couldn't wait to get into the prayer room, where I got excited about writing a song, where I got excited about worshiping you, worshiping you in my car by myself, even though you were off key and tone deaf, but you love God. Come on, somebody. You, you, I'm talking about where you used to memorize scripture, where you used to search and, and you would go to bed reading your Bible. You would wake up praying. I'm talking about where you would invite people to church. I'm talking about where you're like, restore to me the joy, where I can lift my hands and I'm unashamed of my Christianity. I'm not afraid. You know, I I know who I am in Christ and I know who God is and I'm gonna have the joy of the Lord. Can I get a good amen? Someone say, restore to me the joy of my salvation. You see, joy is a vital part to who we are. Point number two, write this down, pie, places I enjoy. How do you get joy is you got to have places you enjoy. The joy of the Lord is the key to health. Where are you, where you're at physically, relationally, mentally, places you enjoy. Don't go to places that drain your joy. Go to places that increase the joy of the Lord in your house. That's why you got to get to church. That's why I hope that Freedom House on Sunday is your, is your pie. You know, you're like, that's my pie. I I go to church because that's my pie. That's a place I enjoy. That's a place when I go there, I get a slice of of goodness. And man, it's just like, mmm, mmm, mmm. Come on, somebody. It's it's there. I take my marriage there. I take my family there. I put my mind there. I put my finances there. I put my relationships there, my friendships there. It begins to build health in your life because joy is connected to your health. And the places you go will increase your health. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 22 Watch what the Bible says. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries you up like a sararito. It dries you up like the, didn't say that part, but dries up your bones. Come on, somebody. The Bible says that a joyful heart is good medicine. You want to know what one of the best medicines for your life, you ever heard this? Laughter is the best medicine. You ever heard that before? They ripped off the Bible. They owe royalties to, to God. Okay. But the, your health 
the ha, ha, yeah, that is actually a good medicine for your soul is to say, God, I am going to get into a place of, of just joy of who God is. Job chapter eight, verse 21 and 22, the Bible says, he will fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. Your enemies will be clothed in shame and the tents of the wicked will be no more. Psalms 126, one through six, let me bless you with this, says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, uh, Lord, like the streams of the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap in songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, and will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. The Bible says God will restore to you, and you will come back laughing. Now, what I want to tell you is this. If 2020 has been a year where you felt has been filled with some sorrow, God's promise is he's going to restore you, and you're going to return with laughter. In other words, you're going to get the last laugh. You need to tell the devil, devil, you ain't going to get the last laugh. I'm going to get the last laugh. Come on, somebody. And God is going to restore to me all that the enemy has tried to rob from me. Can I get an amen? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Last, last point, and I'm done here. Write this down. Pie. I talked about person you enjoy, which is Jesus. I talked about places you enjoy, which is where you go to the house of God. And the last one is principles I enjoy. Pie. Principles I enjoy. We are joy bringers. You see, there are principles that God wants us to operate in that is going to bring joy into our lives. The Bible actually tells us that when we refresh others, we ourselves will be refreshed. Now, I love what 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 and 12 says. Watch what the Bible says here. It says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generally will also reap what? Generously. It says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves what type of giver? Cheerful, a joyous giver. That word cheerful actually in the Greek means a hilarious giver. It says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God says, when you are a joyful, a cheerful giver, you're going to abound. He says, as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplied seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result, watch this now in thanksgiving to God. And watch verse 12. It says, this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but also overflowing in expressions of thanks to God. God says this. Let me land the plane here. He says, there's this principle that when you have a pie, so to speak, in your life, that when you take a slice and you give it to somebody else, there's this joy that comes back to you. It almost doesn't make sense because you're like, why would I be happy to give a slice of my pie to someone else? It's going to leave me with less pie. But God says, no, no. The way his kingdom works, he says, when you take a slice of your pie and you give it to someone else who doesn't have pie, he says, you go back in your pie actually begins to grow. Oh, y'all better give God some praise. Come on, somebody. And you bless someone else with a slice of your pie. And someone who doesn't have pie is like, thank you for a slice of your pie. 
But what happens is we get, we get like, like, like Smeagol, it's mine. You know, it's mine. And God's like, no, share a piece of the pie with somebody, man. You're blessed. This is called generosity. Last analogy is I'll never forget when my kids, you know, when I bought them fries, we, we went to, you know, the Chris Cup fries. Y'all know the Chris Cup fries from Chick-fil-A? They're the bomb. And I asked my, 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 my daughter, I said, can I, have a, can I have one of your fries? And she said, no, they're mine. <clears throat> ah. It was at that moment I used this moment to teach her <laughs> the joy of the Lord. I said, honey, I bought you those fries. And do you know I can baptize you in fries? I could fill your whole room up with fries. It's not that I, it's, I, can, I, can, I can go back in the drive and buy my own fries. I just want one fry. But she felt that if she gave me one of her fries, that she would have one less fry. I think sometimes God says, hey, let me have a, can I have a, one of your fries? I'm like, no. God's like, do you know I can baptize you in fries? God's like, I can rain down fries from heaven. Why? Because God wants you to participate in the joy of giving. Come on, somebody. Give God some praise because we're going to be generous. We're, come on, give God some praise because we're going to be joy bringers. In Jesus' mighty name. Why don't you stand to your feet and let's pray. Father, I thank you. Come on, Costa Mesa, all across our campuses. We're going to give in a second like I talked about our Christmas offering. And, but I want you to be a person of joy. Just bow your head all across our campuses. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you, Lord. I talked a lot about today about joy. I, I know I threw a lot of scripture at you. But let the washing of God's word reign over you. Before I, before I lead you to you being a joy bringer, I want you to be a joy receiver real quick. Remember, Kara, joy received, joy received. Just right where you're at, just say this. Say, Lord, I receive your joy. See, I make a decision to be a person who has the joy of the Lord. I'm going to respond differently. Come on, differently. Maybe you were raised in a, in a home that was angry, in a home that was despondent. Maybe you were raised in a home that, that was always negative. Come on, you break that generational stronghold, that generational demonic curse that's trying to, yes, Lord, fill us with right now. The joy of the Lord is my strength. God, we're going to walk in your abundance and in your power. Say, Heavenly Father, I humble myself under your mighty hand. I'm going to be full of joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.